Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on. 93 in the Ville, Marginus, Dave Skull here did want to remind you guys that the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs that we are watching right now, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs even more electrifying uh, than they already have been. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game, and you're going to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. So if you wanted to, for instance, bet Tampa Bay and get three points at home like I might do because A.J. Brown is out and it looks like the – Eagles kind of just want to go home. Uh, you could get on there and you can do uh, that sort of thing. Plus, everyone gets a no-sweat same-game parlay for every playoff game day. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THEVILLE, like we always tell you. Uh, new customers can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THEVILLE. The crown is yours. So gambling if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. you got to be 18 or older. And physically present in Kentucky when you make your bets. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Opt-in is required. One, no sweat token issued per eligible day after opt-in. No sweat bonus bets issued based on the amount of losing qualifying bet. Your eligibility max, max rewards limits, and deposit restrictions, they all apply. All these terms can be found at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. No one would have believed, by the way, not that I want anyone to say anything good about the Bucks here, but like six weeks ago, would anyone have believed that the Eagles would be three-point favorites and not like 13-point favorites in a playoff game against Tampa Bay? No. No, that's how bad they were down the stretch. I mean, they really – and this means they'll probably win. That's right. By like four touchdowns. Correct. Um, but I just – man, I, I do not like – the Eagles. The vibe is not good. The vibes on both teams. I mean, the Buccaneers winning nine nothing against Carolina last week. Like yeah. both teams are trending in a very downward direction. Someone has to win. So my money's on Tampa Bay today, Mark. I would hope that um, makes you happy that I'm betting uh, Tampa Bay on that one. But I could see both these teams just a slugfest tonight. Oh, I think it could be very ugly uh, for sure. Uh, but they did overturn uh, that uh, non-fumble call, and now Buffalo has the ball uh, yet again. The one thing the Steelers definitely can't do is help. Yeah, no. The only way they have a chance is if they win the turnover battle substantially. Like, because they're we were talking about in the break, like they can't. This offense isn't built. I mean, believe it or not, I know everybody at, at home is really surprised. This is not built for Mason Rudolph to lead a bunch of seventy-five-yard touchdown drives. And it's hard to imagine one that would. Yeah, right. Be built <laughs> so, for that. It's not even built for basically. Right, they're going to need some short fields to win this game today. Uh, what they can't do is give Buffalo short fields. So here's which they're they're doing. Which they right they they just did it. Yeah. Here's what I think is hilarious in comparing college to the nfl in college we are tracking we're tracking <laughs> flights in college football you know we're we're getting on message boards looking for uh, rumors we're tr we're trying to buddy up to agents to get stuff uh, leaked out to us and that sort of thing and with the nfl 12 minutes ago the chargers just tweet we just interviewed jim harbaugh with like a big picture of jim harbaugh <laughs> 
You know, in college, we would never find out no. uh, about this if he doesn't get the job. We'd be like, we didn't interview him. We only interviewed one guy. The guy who's who Jim Harbaugh. I'm not That's familiar. Right. No, we got yeah. the, this guy. We hire is the only one who's our first choice. Of course, in college, they make us do all the whole dance, and the NFL is just like, yep, we did it. I think it's a policy like, you have to announce that you're interviewing candidates because I feel like every team does that now, and it's just hilarious with Harbaugh, obviously. But I don't know if it's a policy or just teams they, like no, they all do it. Yeah, it's I hate yeah, it. Yeah, they, they, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, like I get transparency, but yeah, it's definitely hilarious. Well, part of the transparency is there's there's accountability when it comes to like the Rooney Rule yeah. and everything like that. Right. Um, so they do. There is a public accounting of who they interview every single cycle. Um, so it makes sense. They're not going to hide it from anybody. So, but it is kind of funny the juxtaposition of putting that next to the uh, the college process for sure. And by the way, uh, for everybody not watching at home. Or in your cars, Buffalo is now up fourteen nothing. They scored on the first play after that review and overturn. Uh, and one of my favorite things about Buffalo is they have two tight ends, Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox, both with the initials DK. Dalton and Dawson, which is ridiculous to me anyway. And they both have a touchdown at this and point. And they're fantastic. They're both very good, very very good tight ends. Um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting to me. Like Harbaugh just got interviewed, uh, probably going to be interviewed by most teams that have an opening. Um, the Bears are keeping Aberflus, so it's not that that rumor. You know, the uh, returning home to the Bears where he played for many years. That's not going to happen. Las Vegas is obviously one. Las Vegas to be is one around. as well. I just want to see uh, Pierce get that job. Man. Did you see Max Crosby come out the other day and say he wants to? Be, he's basically going to demand a trade if they don't put Antonio Pierce in charge. I mean, the play, he. I thought he did a decent job down the stretch, and the players really like him. I mean, I. I know you can't. It's it's tough to to say they earned a shot at the pro level, you know. But I feel like he earned a shot. Um, the real question is if Harbaugh gets that job or if he decides to take that job with San Diego or whoever, um, where does Michigan go? Like, Do you think it's Sharon Moore? I think it point? will be, yeah. I think, I think so. if you're Michigan, yeah, yeah. you try to uh, keep this thing rolling, uh, which would be interesting, like a kind of a, a fork in the road here. I think they would try and do that. You basically got to watch him be that six games Oh yeah, know, this year and some of them big, and he did well. Look, he uh, beat Ohio State, and Penn State, and then conversely, Washington loses their head coach to Alabama, and doesn't hire Ryan Grubb, who everyone seems to feel like was uh, the heir apparent there. And now Alabama, I think, is going to be the beneficiary of him He's going to be the taking that there. offense yeah. with him. Uh, so Alabama or uh, Washington, that, that staff to doesn't not get split do either. Like the lot of guys don't have to make decisions. All the offensive staffers are going to go that they want, and this is the life as uh, it's life is a lot more cutthroat, or like it can be a lot more harsh yeah. for just about any college team now. Because now, when your coach decides, like we've been on the re receiving end of this far too many times, where your coach decides to leave for another job, but now when that happens, the floodgates open, mm -hmm. and it, like we're sitting in a situation where Arizona has Jed Fish has a big breakthrough year. They're set to bring a bunch of guys back. They, they're being uh, touted as perhaps a, a preseason top 10 team yeah, uh, or top 10, 15-ish team from a, uh, for next year, and now he's gone, and that team's just going to follow him to Washington. Yeah. And they're gutted and heading into the Big 12. Yep. And that's just like that is a reality that's going to hit a number of schools. I think it's – it's a. It will to me. It will. It will be a bummer if Harbaugh leaves for the NFL for a couple of reasons. One, I, I think college football. I hate when I say this, but it's true. College football is better with Michigan being as good as they are. Uh, he is an interesting weirdo advocate for some very good things when it comes to the players and compensation, yeah, and all that he sort is. of thing. He's got that right. And he carries sure. that that gravitas. And I am fully enjoying the fact that in very rapid amount of time, he has thrown everything at Ohio State into chaos. And it just goes to show you how certifiable that rivalry is. 
couple of years ago, Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh can't beat Ohio State. He'll never beat Ohio State. Urban Meyer left and nothing changed. To where now, Ryan Day is hitting the portal for all kinds of guys, uh, despite how well that they've recruited. He's a staff turnover yet again. And there were rumors, at least, that like he interviewed, we'll never know because it's college, at Ohio State, uh, with, uh, Liam Cohen, you know, this weekend, and that he's talking about changing up his whole offense. Like, it's crazy how quick, like, you just make a kick against Georgia, and everything is great, and you probably win a national championship last year, two years ago. You don't, and now Jim Harbaugh has a national championship, and you've got to change everything. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, it's wild how much that's changed. He's subjugated Ohio State. Yeah. In the last couple of years. He flipped the roles there, and I do, the one thing about, I booed you, but the one thing about Michigan being great, obviously they're a big, they're a big brand. They're one of the best brands in, in college football history. But it is to have that foil for Ohio State, you know, in, in the Big Ten. You can't pencil Ohio State into the top four every year. And now, obviously, you probably still can in the playoffs because it's expanding to 12. But they ran the Big Ten for years. They ran it, you know. And, and, and when they're all alone at the top of that conference, uh, rarely getting beaten. Every once in a while, you know, like Wisconsin got them in a Big Ten championship. Like every once in a while, uh, that had happened. But it's for the most part that when Michigan's bad or when Michigan's not good enough, not even bad, not good enough, Penn State is almost never up to the challenge. Yep. They're not going to take out Ohio State. You have to have that foil. And Michigan's the one program that can do that in the Big Ten. And they've done that under Harbaugh. And Ryan Day is actually kind of on the hot seat. Because yes. he can't beat Michigan. Yeah. And that might change next year because, like I said last week, that rivalry is so important, but it won't end your season anymore. You know, you'll have a chance to make up for it in the playoffs. Like They're not going to like it, but if you lose to, to Ohio State, or if you lose to Michigan as Ohio State, and you get in at large and you're the sixth seed in the playoff or something, you win your first round matchup, then you win your next round matchup, and you somehow find your way into the final, into the national championship game, and Michigan doesn't, and you win a title. Like you can erase some of the sins of the of the regular season. You can do that, which wasn't really the case in past years. It was it was rare to get two teams from one conference. It was possible, like the SEC did it a couple times, but like it's much harder to get over a loss to Michigan in the current or past iterations of this playoff or BCS. Uh, next year, you're going to have a chance in an expanded playoff to re- not not erase those losses, but to uh, achieve and make up for a loss to Michigan and erase that from people's memories or at least ease it. Because you can win a national championship without beating Michigan now, which yeah. was extremely rare in the past. Yeah, the 12-team playoff, I think I understand what you're getting at here, yeah. is going to create a situation that we lived with with Patino and Cal. Yeah, with basketball, like it's you, every year. Well, you yeah. lose, like, that That rivalry was still very lopsided in Kentucky's favor, but then you still had the tournament where you could kind of bury your feelings by having a better tournament exactly. run, which Louisville did several times, to where you could take some of the sting away with better – I guess we'll talk about it that way. Yeah. It's you, still not the same because yeah. there's so – there's just a lot fewer games, you know, and, and it's the last game of the season and it's still going to, this thing's still going to be there and it's still going to like that Ohio state Michigan game is still going to matter more than any other game, Yeah, but you will have a path to kind of ease that bit and have another notch in your belt because before you had to beat Michigan pretty much to make it to the, to the playoffs. And you had to be like, it was all tied together. But now you can make the playoffs without beating Michigan, and you still have a chance to win a national title without beating Michigan. It's still going to matter more than any. And if you don't beat Michigan, it's still ultimately it's going to probably cost you your job. But there are going to be years that you do better in, than Michigan in the, in the playoffs. Or you can even make it a year where Michigan loses two, two or three games, beats you, and you still make the playoff, and they don't. Like, there's just a lot of different things that can happen now that couldn't happen in the past. Still not going to matter. Like, if you lose to Michigan every year, you're going to get fired. That's right. But you could, Dave, theoretically, in these divisionless conferences, mm. you could play Michigan three times. That's right. <laughs> you could that play the last wild. game of the year. 
be the two teams that make the Big Ten championship game and then probably have to play your way to one another in a semifinal or a yeah. final. Regular Duke That would UNC. be ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like the Duke-UNC basketball yes, rivalry. Yeah. Yeah, just play a three to or four times a year. <laughs> now it would only be three, but in basketball, that's wild whenever they play four. That, like uh, in the final four. Coach K's last game. Oh, that was that was one of the sweetest things ever. Was him losing to UNC in his final game. No, the, their final his final home game, and then in the yeah, final the, four. The final four game was one thing, but like the final home game was to me was much more enjoyable because yeah. they had just everyone was there, and it was treated like kind of a rite of passage. You know, and, and instead, and then and he still had to do all the post game festivities, and uh, it was it was. Well, Titus and Tate, when they were still doing their podcast together, uh-huh. said it was like my super sweet 16 without any of the presents. <laughs> Which is it was such a great description of that game. Like, in terms of rivalry moments for any team, it's hard to imagine a better one than that. That was, that was as, and then to follow it up by beating them in the Final Four, like, it was a one two punch that you can never come back from in that rivalry because Coach K will never have another last home game. That was a one off. Him telling the, the people there to shut up yeah. afterwards so he could get some man. <laughs> he just, that whole season, like, I realized that some of it God, please really, let us do something like that to Calipari. I realized that last Sorry. season, like, all of the the um, uh, the kneeling and, and, and the, you know, the gifts and everything wasn't all his fault, you know? But it was still such a masturbatory exercise. I'm sorry. Like it was just <laughs> the whole thing. Like the whole the whole season was, and just like the the having to kiss the ring over and over again, and and the fact that they just kind of ruined his his whole thing, <laughs> ruined his last home game, and then ruined his last game in the Final Four, and derailed his chance at another championship. That is just the ultimate dunk in a rivalry. You cannot come back from that. Like you obviously like eventually you'll forget about it. there's nothing you can do to make up for that. And there's no comeback. Like, you just have to own it. You yeah. Have to. No, the, the, there's it's, only one it's misery. Coach it's like the stupid Lamar fumble. Like hey, right. he fumbled. Like it sucks. <laughs> there's only one, but at least we had a game the next year. Oh sure. Coach K never have another game. That's right. He only has one last home game. Speaking of the rivalry, very quickly, your level of surprise to hear that Liam Cohen is uh, on the uh, the short list. I guess at least had some conversations with Ohio State and might very well be headed to uh, the Bears. Yeah. Uh, seemed to me like he so he left the NFL uh, very quickly to go back to you uh, to go back to Kentucky and now looking to get out of there again. If I'm, I can't, I'm, he's got to feel like he's got some sort of leverage there uh, with him because like Stoops does not want to have to do this again. No, he doesn't. Like, it took him long enough to find the guy he wanted. He was able to get him to come back. Because it really, like, you think about his tenure going all the way back to his first year. He's never been able to decide what he wants to be as an offense until now. And to possibly have that guy leave him yet again, it makes me wonder if some of those transfers that are coming in, you know, who is like, I'm going to play for an NFL guy. I'm sure that's a big part of the pitch. I wonder if Vandegrift or any of those guys that want to play for him because of Will Levis and all that crap. Would have second thoughts. It's an interesting uh, question, just because, like Stoops is just a complete and total defensive coach. There is nothing you don't commit to his offense. You know, you're committing to the offense. If you're a Brock Vandegrift or somebody else, one of the receivers, like you don't commit to Stoops' offense. You might like him as a head coach, but you commit to the offense they're going to put on the field and that coordinator. And if Cohen leaves again, I mean, it probably throws him. Throws them a little bit, and they probably have a chance to lose some of those transfers. But more than that, I mean, I think Stoops would scramble a little bit because it isn't completely easy to find an offense that is complementary to him. He hasn't loved most of his offensive coordinators. That's right. They haven't worked great together. Uh, and I think Cohen's perfect for them, but I think he was kind of – I think he returned to what he was comfortable with because he got – good money and it wasn't really working out in LA you know like I think it wasn't like I'm gonna be happy to be there for 10 years it was more like we let's reset real quick before I lose face and figure out where else I want to go after this you know because it wasn't great well it's weird though like that their offense this year wasn't great and and the Will Levis offense wasn't great no statistically you know that year either but then they hated the Scandarello guy in between 
it really is remarkable just to take a step back and look at how those Shanahan slash McVeigh outside zone bootleg offense guys are like they have taken over. Like it's the new West Coast offense. It's a, like if let's just say for instance Cohen the goes tree, yeah if Cohen there. goes to to Chicago you would have half the league's teams running that offense right I mean San Francisco obviously mm-hmm. is running Shane Waldron is kind of on that uh, tree in in Seattle and you would have uh, the Rams you would have the Dolphins yeah uh, you would have Cohen I mean like it's everywhere that offense is taking over. The NFL, like, it's crazy just how often teams are running that now. It shocks me. No, it's, 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 that's the thing that it doesn't. The NFL is a league of copycats. It always has been. I mean, remember when, um, after the Rams, the, uh, the uh, Falcons after, were running it too. Yeah, they were. After the Rams won the Super Bowl, everybody tried to get a young offensive coordinator as their coach. Yeah. We had like five that were hired that were younger than me. Or at least around my age, under forty, right after that, Bengals, Packers, everybody was 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 following suit, trying to do the exact same thing that LA did. Oh, you of course you would have Minnesota is running it, yeah. Uh, Cleveland is running it, the Bengals that yep comes from that tree, yeah. uh, as well. What I'm getting at is the only thing that it doesn't ever surprise me when everybody starts following suit in the NFL. Yeah, that's you know, true. Like it's that's always the group think is just extremely strong. With that, and and everybody tries to catch that wave, so not entirely surprising. These things do tend to happen. Texas says, "Can you explain the Cohen love?" I just don't get it. Uh, I think it was the most competent that Stoops's passing game has looked since he's been there. Was was William, or Liam Cohen's first year? It hasn't been crisp otherwise. Yeah. Uh, it's, and I I think that that's why Stoops and UK fans value him so much is they, one it came on the heels of the end of the Eddie Grand era, which was just so hilariously tilted towards running the ball, uh, but then to follow it up, it Stoops is like the only guy in the SEC that hasn't really found a way to have a consistent throwing game. Yeah, and they I think they look at Cohen as a way to do that, and. Him having to hit the market for another coordinator now doesn't bode well for that. It's bad timing. It is. But honestly, Breaks your like, heart. I think I think Liam Cohen, it was honestly good by by comparison as much as anything. You know, like he's yeah. as good as they've had. And they haven't had a, a easy time trying to break into that, you know, and, and get to the next level with the passing attack for whatever reason. And and part of it's stoops. And that was that was the that was the reputation he had that he just didn't almost like charlie where he wasn't he wasn't really leaning into a passing game yeah. on offense and he'd rather possess the ball and let his defense rest some you know and be uncomplicated and don't turn the ball over you know and and from oftentimes defensive coaches say well you pass the ball it's risky you turn the ball over i want you to run the ball and possess it you know and value the football um liam cohen was the best they've had which is, I think, why they love him so much. But I think they're limiting themselves, and it's fine with me. <laughs> but they're limiting themselves. There's plenty of great offensive minds out there that know how to run that offense. It's just a matter of will Stoops hire that guy. I don't know. It's kind of funny that they brought, they came back together last year. I think he's as much of a throwing offensive coordinator that Stoops is comfortable with. Yeah. You know what I mean? He doesn't yeah. want to go any farther that way. And that's probably why they stuck – like they were more than willing to get back together there, you know. And and but if he leaves, I don't know if he's it's he's not an easy person to please in that department. And I I don't I don't know what happens to their recruits. I don't know what happens to their offense. Uh, which of course I would love to see that happen. Then let's throw them in disarray a little bit. Well, and you're gonna next year is gonna be very different for them too. You're not gonna have SEC East life. You know, there's no ACC Coastal for you uh, with next year's SEC. That won't be fun. No. No. They've got – I know they have Oklahoma on the schedule next year. Do they have Oklahoma and Texas, or is it just Oklahoma? I think it's just Oklahoma. I'm trying to remember. It's a good question. Yeah. Let's look it up. Something maybe we should have planned for. 
Nah, we didn't think we were going to talk about. It's Kentucky. Do we really care that much? Liam Cohen and Kentucky football. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of work for this, let me be honest with you. But <laughs> since we were talking about Liam Cohen leaving, I mean, they've got Georgia in terms of the good teams. Yeah, I knew they had Georgia. I mean, the last month of the season they play at Tennessee, then Murray State, then at Texas, then Louisville. So it's <laughs> Texas, not, great. not Oklahoma. Yeah, they've got okay. – uh, they actually, it's not bad if you think about SEC schedule. Just very quickly, they open with Southern Miss, and it's South Carolina, Georgia, then the MAC game, the conference games against Ohio. <laughs> uh, at Ole Miss will not be pleasant. No, uh, Vandy at Florida, and we'll see Auburn. We'll see, and then at like I said, at Tennessee, Murray State, at Texas, and then Louisville. That won't be so. The ones that you know, I think that you can count on being great are Georgia. Texas, and I think Ole Miss, Ole Miss you can safely say, is going right, to be like a 10-win type team. Uh, nine or 10 wins. I think it really depends strongly on the, like the strength of the schedule kind of tiers on Florida, Auburn. Yeah. Um, Some of those other SEC games. like Tennessee. They like don't, those three. Like how good are they going to be? Yeah, like they, they don't get Alabama. They don't get Oklahoma. They don't get They don't get A and M. They don't get LSU. They don't get Oklahoma. I don't know if you said that. Yeah, those in the first group. But like, yeah, yeah like they don't get several teams that ought to be really good. Yeah, uh, for next year. So, trying to maneuver that. I, I just think it's interesting. It seemed like he came back because of like those two just seemed to really hit it off. Remember they were together in yep. the draft and all that. Oh yeah. Uh, to then leave after one year, it'll always make you wonder. Like, well, I wonder what if there's something more to that than just. Maybe I mean to I'd... get back to it. Maybe NIL and Portal Life just ain't for Liam Cohen. Maybe, but I just think I think. This was always temporary for Liam Cohen, you know. I didn't know if it was gonna be one year. I, th- I doubt Stoops thought it would be one year, but I thought he was he was a pro guy that was probably gonna go back to the pros. After he went back to the Rams uh, last year, I was listening to the NFL Ringer podcast in the preseason, where they were like bold predictions, and one of the predictions yeah. was that he would be the head coach of the Bears after yeah. after last season. That's wild. And so maybe he feels like it's kind of stalled out uh, yet again here. All right, we're gonna take our last break. Maybe here. Devin Leary ran him off. He thought he had gold. <laughs> we'll take our last break here. We'll come back, put a bow on this one here. On the drive on the Ville. Be right back. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Listening to the drive presented by Fitness Market right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here. I uh, just saw a tweet a couple of uh, seconds ago. They never should have let poor Rudolph join in any playoff game. <laughs> And that is a great tweet. <laughs> a great. Do you, do you think he was holding on to that or whoever tweeted that? Was <laughs> Whatever so moment of uh, inspiration it came to them, I am happy that it did because they're getting killed. Meanwhile, Josh Allen looks like he could throw the football through those mountains. It's just what the, 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 he assaults the air with the ball. It really does. Like, there's just. There's something about the way he throws the football. Some guys just have it where it, it doesn't look like, like the wind's going to affect yeah, it does. It's not traveling through the air. No. It's just burrowing. <laughs> it's like the air has no effect on it whatsoever. Yeah. This ball's getting to where I throw it. That's exactly right. Yeah. And it's probably going to hurt when it gets there. He reminds me of like guys I, I play golf with who just have unnaturally fast swings. Like I'm stronger than them. I'm bigger than them. But they just have effortless like 122 mile per hour head speed on their drivers which is just unreal you know like somebody i, I play with my buddy kyle i play with him he like his slowest his average 
head speed on his on his driver is like 118 119 <laughs> it's ridiculous and he just effortlessly will pop one like 330 340 and it just doesn't look like he has to try hard to do it you know that's exactly what it feels like when i watch josh allen throw the football some people just it just looks like you don't have to they don't have to try that hard to do that it's unreal i'm jealous of those uh look that's not the only kind of quarterback that is successful you can a lot joe montana didn't have an arm like that at all no. uh but man when those guys are on it is just super fun yeah we call them uncle rico's man you know they can really they can throw that football over them mountains you know we were talking very quickly uh earlier about the transfer portal jeff doing a good job and the acc doing a good job i think not enough being made of and attention being paid to yet what's happening at syracuse uh, i never heard of this guy that took over they hired uh, off of georgia with freddie fred brown i think mm-hmm. his name right uh defensive backs from georgia staff fran brown close mm-hmm. enough see whatever right none of you even knew i was wrong it sounded good to me i only know that higher. because my grandmother's name is fran brown so that's the only i know that answer <laughs> see for just for just this moment <laughs> generations of browns came along i only knew his last name was brown I just just so that you could correct me on getting i only know syracuse's head coach's name because he shares it with my, my grandma, grandma. Yeah. that's right that's right we appreciate that, uh, but like they they hire him to basically plug into Georgia's coaching staff, yeah. try to do kind of like a smaller Mel Tucker, right? Yeah. And Saban before did the same thing, and just get somebody off their staff and try to just bring in their way of doing things. And they're having a pretty good off season. Yeah, like they really brought a lot of juice. I think they flipped some pretty high profile guys, and just today flipped a. Uh, a defensive lineman that was transferring out of Alabama that was going to Missouri is now going to go to Syracuse. And uh, Dave, I, it's a big kid. It's good for the league. I, I am not against Syracuse and Boston College and others kind of getting their acts uh, together. The, we need it. Look, especially now, even that, if it's too late. Especially now that at larges are going to be such a big part of the playoff yeah. discussion. We need like if this is not like a go ACC blah 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 stuff. No, we have to have a yeah, stronger conference. Us. Yeah, we have to have a stronger conference to prop up our schedule. We just do because if we're ten and two or eleven and one and fighting for a playoff berth, we need to have a stronger schedule than the people that we're we're competing against. Yeah, you know, that's just that's just the case. We have to have something to hold on to, and we've got good out of conference games coming in the next three to four years. I mean, we've got games against Notre Dame and Georgia and A and M in the future. Um, what what's lacking is our conference schedule compared to some of these other conferences. I mean, we're going to be competing against the third, fourth, fifth best teams in the SEC and Big Ten, and we need to have something. Oh, there it goes. Oh, no. Yeah, that was a wild yeah, run by Josh Allen. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, the Steelers are done. That's right. Well, I, Bills I minus 10 was one of the locks of the weekend. <laughs> yeah. I took I took the Bills minus 10, Josh Allen to score a touchdown, and Najee Harris to score a touchdown. If you would have if, – so, if, if Najee Harris bet, is the toughest leg of that. <laughs> it is. If, yeah. if I could have gotten, like, some generous numbers on, like, Steelers under a half mm-hmm. – like basically, they're you're gonna get yeah, shot yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I I would have thought about they it. They do look sure. like Iowa just... out there. <laughs> yeah, By the way, in so, more ways than one. Yeah. Since we were talking about Liam Cohen uh, earlier, someone suggested perhaps Mark Stoops has uh, got his eye on Brian Ferentz because he is available. <laughs> he understands the culture. He's an Iowa guy. I would it, love for that. Hire home run hire by Stoops. Anything for that to happen? Yes, <laughs> that'd be amazing. I would love like I. I Syracuse at least has some some history, you know, as as a good football program in its history, not just in the fifties and sixties, but Donovan McNabb, you know, in a couple of different periods in the in the modern time where they've had nine, ten, one football teams. Um where the hell is Dino Babers gonna be next year? That's the real question. Is that the real question? It is the real question. I want to know where Dino Babers is at all. He'll times. go back to one of them big twelve uh Baylor style offensive trees that's where he came from yeah surely he'll just go go be an back coordinator and bring that tempo go to back. go to Ole Miss or no excuse me to nah, Mississippi State Miss. uh, with Levy like I don't know something like that I'm worried about Dino are you really no I'm not not even a little bit 
There was that short period of time where he was rumored to be the guy that Vince really liked. Yeah. And uh, that that made people mad. It made me mad. Not mad, but more I just kind of laughed at it. Well, that was pretty early in his tenure at Syracuse when things looked all right. When yeah, it was, it was. It wasn't like it was like that first last Renaissance because he was bad, and then he had a good year, and everyone was he like, had oh, a yeah. couple years." Yeah, but this was like after a couple. Dino bad is years. my coolie. <laughs> I think he's a good coach. So you do care about Dino? I do. You're the one who cares about. Yeah, Dino. that's why I can tell that you don't actually care about him. <laughs> You're a true believer. That's yes, how you knew I didn't really I care about. Spot Dino. a uh, an imposter anywhere. <laughs> you got me. I don't care about Dino Babers. Smoked you out. Uh, Are you going to tell Jeff to hire Dino Babers now? If there was an opening, I would love Dino Babers on this staff. I'm dead serious. I think he is a great energy uh, human being. No, I'm, I'm and it comes from an interesting offensive tree. I think he was able to make a lot of lemonade at, yeah, Dino's at Syracuse. Fine. I like him. I wouldn't want to be the head coach. I don't have anything against Dino Babers. I just didn't want him to be my coach. The lows were really bad, though, for Syracuse when he yeah. was like the 2020 year where they won one game. We okay. ran them out says of the that place. Maybe Stoops can hire him. Yeah. Maybe Stoops will hire Dino Babers. Spencer, what do you think? Mark would love that hire. I know. The fact that Dino. Or maybe Mark hates that hire because he, he thinks it would be good with that hire. I would be sad. I'd lose no, him man, to the dark The side. fact that Dino Babers has played tempo football at any point. Oh, yeah. a, Stoops. Stoops sees that one time. He's <laughs> like, nah. Nah, not, nope. Not a chance in hell I'm hiring that guy. That's what, sort is of, that? what is that, no huddle? No. That reminds me of uh, <laughs> Tommy many DeVito did play under Dino Babers. When Arkansas hired Gus Malzahn out of Springdale High School in Arkansas to bring his weird yeah. – yeah. and then just use the nut, just didn't let him run it. Yeah. <laughs> just, he's like, now nah, we're doing this. Instead. That was well when everyone was just like extremely impressed by Gus Malzahn, knew who he was, and then – they're all kind of staring at him at Arkansas going, well, this is what, why did you hire him if you're not going to use him? Because of the players that were on the team. Like, you know, right. that, and they're like, we're going to let you bring every, and then he just didn't get to do any of it. Yeah. And Auburn hired him instead. Yep. Buffalo is going to just beat the hell out of Pittsburgh. Is currently beating the hell out of Pittsburgh. Yeah. If it wasn't one for the, of the Packers, rare... then the seventh seed would be such a letdown to add a seventh playoff team. But the Packers show that, you know, they can't hang with them. Yeah, the, the, it's funny how much it seems like there is the drop-off at that seven spot where it's like this this team doesn't look like they even belong out here. It's yeah. not like they're – but then, of course, like you said, Green Bay did what they did. Well, I mean uh, – yeah, they just don't look – the, Mason Rudolph, man, that's really all I could say. But I mean, he's not the only problem, but you, got, you lose your best player on defense. doesn't help. You know, Mason Rudolph is your quarterback. You have help. to have a quarterback. They did play well in the last couple of weeks, better than I thought in the last couple of weeks of the season. Obviously, the Baltimore game doesn't matter because Baltimore was sitting Lamar and several other players. But when it comes to playoff football, you can't fake it at that position. You just can't. You can't get by a quarterback. Look at that. That's just awful. Correct. Mm-mm-mm. So you mentioned – LSU women's basketball during the break. Yeah, it seems like they perhaps very recently suffered uh, an upset loss. Is that I believe yeah, I, Auburn. I was reading that correctly? They did lose to Auburn, Auburn. this weekend. Yeah. How, were, were there interesting details about like the circumstances around that loss that that Louisville listeners might be interested in? Well, Haley did miss transition three late to take the lead. It wasn't the final possession. But yes, Haley did miss the shot. And there's well, been some, I hate to hear that. After that game, and look, you know, I'm not a. It's fine. After that game, I saw a lot of different like things pop up, not from Louisville fans, but from like women's basketball people and from LSU fans going, "Did did Haley make the wrong decision?" You know, and and I don't know if she did or not. I think she was trying to. She was getting the bag. I mean, the 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 NIL money was better at LSU, although a lot of her contracts just weren't reliant on what school she was at but she was able to get more money at LSU I think she wanted a ring and I think she maybe wanted a ch- I don't know if she wanted a chance to play point guard but that's what they were doing they were intended to do with her uh because she I don't think she there's not a lot of five seven shooting guards in the WNBA okay uh there's just not there's not a lot of five seven point guards in the WNBA there's very few but 
Haley's only chance to make it in the domestic league is to change positions of point guard. I don't think she's quick enough to do that. Like she's a great college player. She's a phenomenal player. Uh, I loved watching her here, but I just don't know if she's athletic enough to play point guard in the WBA. And she looks like a fish out of water sometimes with LSU. She's playing well enough. Um, She's averaging like 11 and a half and close to close to five assists a game. She's shooting better from the three-point line than she has in her entire career. She's shooting 42%. She's playing. She's, she's shooting pretty well. Not great from the lead. I think it's about the same from the floor in general, though. <laughs> shooting 40, 42% from the floor and 42% from the three-point line. Um, but, I mean, it's a decision she made. LSU's kind of off and on this year. Like They are uber talented, but they just haven't quite – and they're very like they're they're top fifteen team. They just haven't quite clicked as the title favorite that everybody thought they'd be preseason. Um, within an hour, I think of of announcing game day on the twenty fifth with South Carolina, they lost to Auburn. So it's kind of funny. And I never cry when Kim, Kim Mulkey was loses. her well was herself. Yeah, uh, hinting that perhaps part of the problem was they had let that the, the team had gone to support the men's team together in a very exciting game uh, as well, and that, that maybe that was why they lacked energy the next day. Uh, not gracious in defeat. I know the shot. You don't here. say. Yeah. You don't say. She got tossed from the game, tossed off the court the other day too, It was, uh, which is refreshing because normally she does not get held accountable for her antics on the sideline. It's kind of unreal what she gets away with. She gets away with murder over there in her, uh, you know, Elton John costumes, Liberace on the sideline. It's uh, we all know my feelings about Kim Mulkey, but the uh, the truth is like the fact that you're blaming that they went to support the men. Really, <laughs> as a coach, ever said that? Like it's one thing to be like, well, I think they were out late last night. Whatever, whatever you want to say, whatever. But to say like you shouldn't be. At the men's game, supporting the men. Like, usually coaches uh, encourage that type of thing. You know? Little brotherhood, a little sisterhood. Do you think blaming Support? blaming the them being at the men's game for them lacking energy the following day, is that better or worse than Charlie blaming Call of Duty? Call to Duty. <laughs> You gotta say it the way he said it. It's called to duty. Well, I don't want anyone to think that I think it's called call to duty. You know what I mean? I think most Louisville fans remember yeah. no, that he no. called it call to duty. It's hard is... to put the little parentheses sick, you know, like I get it. That it's wrong, and I know it's wrong, but I I'm appreciate the fact else. that like he was so unfamiliar with <laughs> with video dorky. games. No, how how much of a loser am I that I say it right, but it's wrong because I don't want anyone to think that I would say it wrong on my own. <laughs> Like I, I, I can't just say it the way Charlie. It's complex, said it. man. Just yeah, say I'm it the way Charlie said it. Come on now, just say it. Yeah, look, I think it's it's probably worse, honestly, because as much as we were, I don't know, Charlie, I think was trying to embarrass his players yeah, a little bit. You know what true. I mean? Like that was part of it. With Kim, I just think he she really she says these things. Wouldn't it be funny if she just really <laughs> hates going to games? Probably. She probably resents the men's program or oh, something. That's... Like anybody, like even though she makes an incredible amount of money to coach that team, which she should, she's earned it. I don't like her, but she's earned it. She probably resents anybody else, anywhere in that building, getting attention or funding that she doesn't get. So she was pissed off when Jane Daniels won the Heisman Trophy. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> the, listen, if you told me to rank coaches who would view any other team on campus's success as some sort of coming at her detriment or her, their team's detriment, Kim Mulkey would be one. That's what I'm saying. Like, like no question. But put that next to, like, Jeff Wallace, who's the first person oh, to sure. support literally any other program on campus, whether it's football, men's basketball, soccer, volleyball. Jeff Brom, same thing? Yes. Like, that's it's, it's the first thing. I just brought up Jeff Wallace because he's the women's basketball coach here. He doesn't see success in other sports at Louisville as some right. sort of, you know, takeaway or detriment or like it's in a vacuum. Like if they're successful, they can't possibly like you know, they're taking away from me somehow. No, that that's how it should be. You should be supporting each other. I mean, they and constantly the go to games too. The players on that's what I'm all saying. It's an absurd here. notion. 
It's an absurd, and even our former players come. Karan Davis, you know, <laughs> it's an absurd. It's an absurd notion to say that they went to this game so they weren't focused, and they well, didn't. That's why they lost to Auburn. Should just gone to a bar instead. That'd be better use of your time. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know. I've I've like largely not had to think about Kim Mulkey this year, which is great. I it's how I prefer way. to be. Like, yeah, obviously she still has a ten top fifteen team. She's we're going to hear from her. This season, but yeah. Don Staley and South Carolina are humming, and I hope they beat her like a drum next no, Thursday. I, I, I don't – she's one of the few that I, I will just tell you, like I truly lean into and actively enjoy her losing. Yeah. And I don't want it to be on a buzzer beater. I want her to have to sit in it. I'm just the, – the amount of talent they've got with Angel Reese and Fla, Reese and Flaget – Anissa Morrow, Haley. I mean, Haley's literally the fourth or fifth best player on that team. At best, third best player on that team. I think she's probably about fourth. And the thing is, like, she sacrificed a lot of notoriety going there. Like, I don't think about Haley unless I'm watching LSU. Yeah. She doesn't get talked about. That's right. On national shows. She just doesn't. Like, it's she's, like I've said, a billion, she's fourth banana down there. And that's just how it is. And, and, she sacrificed some things in her mind probably for a chance at a ring, a chance at this, and there will be nothing more delicious or more money and, and maybe in her mind a bigger stage. But quite frankly, Louisville is one of the best programs in the country and has a platform. And you were the most you know, famous player at a top five program, top ten program in the country. You know, I realize LSU's coming with a ring and they've got Angel Reese and, and – all eyes were on them, but you were better off, I feel like, for your brand, being the best player at Louisville or the most famous player at Louisville yeah. than the fourth or fifth most famous player at LSU. Um, but quite frankly, like, and it's not – don't get me wrong, I think Haley is one of the best, most talented players we've had at this school in the last 20 years. But the vibes were a little off for most of last year. Jeff seems to be having more fun this year. Right, and I feel like – Haley always felt like she had to take the last shot. She, must, much times, or many times, with, to the detriment of the team, I felt like she pressed a lot during the regular season. She plays her best ball in March, and that was her best attribute. She is a she is ice cold in March, and that was the best thing about her. And that don't take this as me like downing her, but the truth is, like she she would always take the last shot when she wasn't our best shooter. She oftentimes was not open. And she would press down the stretch during regular season games, and it, it hurt us a lot. I mean, CC Carr was one of the best shooters in the country last year, and there were countless times where she was open on the last possession, and we just didn't didn't even try to get the ball to her, you know. And, and Haley was oftentimes a black hole at the end of games. Phenomenal player, and I miss watching her play quite a bit. But I love this team, and I love the balance from this team. I mean, if you look at just for for kicks, I was on I think Fox Sports is a website, and I was looking at the last like seven or eight articles and game summaries from Louisville, and in the title of the article on four of the games was balanced. Hmm. It was in the title, yeah, because that's what we are. We've got eight different players that can go off for double digits on any given night. Um, we we have a chance. We have the ability to limit the minutes for players like Olivia Cochran, where she can only she only has to play 25, 26 minutes a game. She can and often will have to play 35. But on a night to night basis, it adds up the wear and tear. Where you can, and especially now when uh, Alif Estambololu is starting to, I think, get accustomed to the American game a little bit more and get her feet under. Uh, she's hit a couple of three pointers the last few games, and she's. She's playing better defense. Uh, Henny Van Shake is getting healthy and starting to play more minutes. Yesterday, it was clear they were trying to play different combinations. Yeah, they were doing some experimenting. Yeah, Henny and Aleph were on the court together at one point. Uh, Alexia Mobley got a lot of clock in the second half and had probably her best game as a Cardinal with a, a bucket and five rebounds, a couple of assists. She really played well yesterday. Um, we had Aleph and Olivia together in the first half when it was really consequential minutes, you know, and, and – it's it's good to watch. I think Sydney Taylor's getting her feet under. I think uh, obviously Kiki's been very reliable this season. Um, Jada and Nina both played well. It's just it's 
this 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 team, you just there's not one player that you can shut down and focus on and say, well, you got to let the rest of them beat you. They can all beat you. And you're not sure who's going to be your, your leading scorer every night. So the defense has really come around the last couple of games, and that's obviously – And the, that's been, like, consistent. Yes. That's the that's the, the trademark of any great Jeff Walls team. Uh, I love these interchangeable pieces on the outside, these bigger perimeter players and guards that we brought in with Lily Love and, and, and Sydney as well as um, – as Kiki Jefferson and Marissa has really picked it up the last couple of games. So I think Marissa might be our best pure three point shooter. And she's starting to hunt for her shot a little bit, which I love to see. She might be the last, uh, of a, that kind of player that, that we ever see in that she has been here for several years and has just sort of little by little by little gotten better. Like I, I wonder how often we'll even have, another marissa russell quite frankly marissa coming out of high school if she was if she went to school in the united states yeah she would have been higher she would have been a mcdonald's all-american or or, uh borderline totally she's from canada and she was a really highly rated recruit from canada but she would have gotten more more love if she was in the united states and she's a she's always been a hell of a defensive player she's a three and d type player you know, but she's she's come into her own and become more than that, uh, and her veteran leadership is absolutely uh, just invaluable. Her and her and Olivia together, so yeah, I I love seeing the front court develop right now beyond Olivia and Nyla, who have both been rock solid, obviously. But but Alif and Henny getting healthy, and we might even see Alexia Mobley uh, start to get more consequential minutes yeah. down the line. Um, and she's such an athlete, like she's really a. a She's a big player. She's a true 6'2", 6'2 and a half, 6'3", and she's really athletic. So I, I've been waiting for her to start to get clocked for a long time, and I hope it, it continues to grow. Is this game still still 21 nothing? It is because the Steelers blocked a field goal okay. attempt by the Bills and were able to run it back to the 20. So they have a chance here to put some points on the board and make Let me get thing. Najee in the end zone, and then nobody score anymore because I also have a bet on the under. <laughs> Whatever Dave needs, that's what matters most. That's here. right. That's what guys at home, just root for Najee Harris to score a touchdown, and then nobody score anymore. Because it's important that I win three hundred and twenty dollars today. <laughs> You've been listening to the drive on Thunderville. See you tomorrow. <laughs>